we go to the pub, we have conversations that we consider to be interesting. And so, why not share that with everyone else, right? Yeah, I like how you got quiet at the end. It, showed, it really showed confidence yeah. <laughs> in the idea. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Four Points In. My name is Tom Robertshaw. I'm co-founder of e-commerce web development company MeanBee. And starting this podcast with me is Nick Jones, a fellow co-founder of MeanBee, and our mutual good friend, Red Davis, who is a freelance iOS developer. Now, the aim of this podcast is pretty broad. We all have an interest in technology, we're all developers, but we also have experience in, in management, in starting companies, um, and certainly would describe ourselves as those that build side projects with an aim of trying to bring some additional money in. So we want to share with you what we share with each other, interesting things that we've come across during, during the week, um, and have a, have a good old discussion about it. So I hope you enjoy it too. This is very much an experiment, but otherwise, let's jump right in to episode one of Four Points In. This is a fucking massive gap. This is a fine. Hello, my name's Nick. My name's Tom. <laughs> my name's Red. And welcome to Four Pints In. We are not currently Four Pints In. We're starting our first. Yeah. Well, so, we'll work on it. Yeah, I want to clarify, we're not going to be actually four pints in each by the end of this, because that would be a long podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cool, yeah. What's the rules about swearing as well? I read that swearing knows your blood pressure, so I'm like keen to do it. Sweet. So we'll see how we go, but week in, week out, we want to share some of the topics that we would be talking about at the pub, but instead do them recorded, because this podcast shit is going to be you know, what people are doing these days. It's how you get famous. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's ultimately the goal here, really, isn't it? Mate, if you were in the gender community, you'd already consider Tom Roberts your famous. Wow, wow, no, no pressure. <laughs> no, not very at all. You're pretty big in iOS, aren't you? You've released a couple of things. No one knows me. Oh, I'm just lonely soul. Is that because you work from home so much? Yeah. Oh. Never see anyone. <laughs> well, uh, do we want to talk about me, working from home? Me too. You, how long have you been working from home now? Uh, over a year. I guess I started last August. I right. Think. When we got back from Thailand, so yeah. And how you found it? Is your the way you've done it? Has it changed once you kind of got used to it and you found like you needed to get out a bit more? Obviously, you you got a dog. That was one change. Yes, yes, the dog did change a lot because you now don't go through a day without going outside at least once. So yeah. that's uh, nice. And there's so many like people that do walk dogs. I do have to actually talk to people. Um, <laughs> that was a mistake with getting a dog. That was. Small, cute, and easily approachable was the fact that you've got to talk to people <laughs> yeah, and answer the same questions over and over again. <laughs> what kind of questions are they? What type of dog is that? How old? Um, What's her name? Just walk around one of those boards if you want to. All the questions are. Seven business cards. I know them. It's cool. Yeah. How do you structure your day? Uh, yeah, pretty, like, quite. I don't like too much structure anyway, so it's pretty much the same every day um, which works quite well for me like I guess if you're not such if you are more like a of a loose cannon then it can be a bit harder to sort of structure your day but yeah. like do you have like set hours that you say this is when I'm working this is when I'm not uh, yeah like if I have a clear day then I try to like well it's actually changed now because it's gone winter so normally if it's summer then it's a lot lighter in the morning so it's easy for me to wake up so I like try and wake up pretty early water dog and then start about 7.30 8 o'clock right um and then sort of we'll break for lunch, I guess, around 11. And then I guess go on until like about four-ish. Um, Hang on, you break for lunch at 11? Yeah. Well, That's I have my breakfast at like... <laughs> oh, <it's laughs> you have second lunch. So you start second getting breakfast. pretty hungry. Um, yeah, I've got, some, I've got some little snack bars now, though, to keep me... Keep you going. Keep yeah. Going. Nice. Normally around 10, it's like, oh, that's when the coffee takes over and you're like... <laughs> think a bit bit weird but yeah it's, it's yeah I have a pretty structured day um, it's quite lucky I don't have many meetings with now yeah. I try just like not to have many meetings do you have um, do, like people all kind of push towards email do people phone you as well it does quite change I guess I've had like one client who's very pushy on not pushy but like likes to have a, a call mm-hmm. basically um, and sometimes multiple in the week um, but then I have like one client I've literally never even seen or spoken to or 
I've only ever emailed. They just keep paying the bills. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if this person is real. Um, it might be a bot. But uh, yeah, so real? are they paying? They, the money is real, yeah. Yeah, no it's a Bitcoin's smart contract. Unless uh, <laughs> pays when it receives the work. I haven't had a call from the government yet, so I think it's it's all good. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I guess it does does vary. But then that is quite still only having a couple of calls a week. I guess is quite. Like I'm sure there are people with clients who I who might require multiple trips to wherever to come see them. Like, but, but that would for me that would be just something like yeah. I wouldn't take that one. I know one thing I'm good at is checking check emails, and that's not good in a positive sense. Um, that could be one of the distracting things, is, is particularly in like more of a managerial role. We just keep swapping tasks, but I guess well, we all know that you're you're very good at not checking your emails. Yep. Yep. Mr. Mr. Five Thousand. I actually I have cleared my emails out now. You know, getting organised. Let me have a look. Oh, I've got a Google invite from Tom now. Are you sure? Oh, one, two, three, four, five. Five. Six. That's down from thirty thousand. That's pretty good. Is that the mail? No, no, oh. that's not Mac. Uh, so yeah, this is sorry. This is Spark. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, I did the remote working for a bit, working from the apartment in Chicago, and I, I there was some like great things about it. It was great for to a certain degree, not being in the office and not just being around the hubbub. So, you, uh, particularly with the time difference, I could catch up in all the interruptions. Like the, it was really busy the first like when I first when I woke up um, because I can see you know chat messages in ten different rooms, see all the emails, decide yeah. what's important, and get through them really quickly. And that those four hours of interruptions have been kind of pushed down and it yeah. also meant that by 12 o'clock people had left the office and I could actually choose what I wanted to do yeah. without it being uh, without it changing so yeah. that was that was really good because I need a bit more support there because I'm very good at like just kind of jumping to whatever would help people whatever is needed yeah so I was going to ask like do you did you from that did you see that really the really important stuff sort of boiled to the top and then Basically, everything else was actually not, you didn't really require so much. Like in the office, you would have like been in everything. Yeah, I've certainly felt a lot busier since I've come back. So I've had two weeks back in the office and I did kind of you know, spend a little time thinking about it. And it, it is strange how your time gets commandeered quite so, quite so much. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't sure like why why that was different and what sort of tasks were I was missing out on. I think it was partly, yeah, to kind of developers need a bit more support and because I can help developers as well as write proposal, it yeah. meant that I could get dragged in too many places. Um, but also like there's problems in the office and if, you know, if, if I'm around, people do, do like to double check and ask, whereas if I'm not, they kind of either have to ask Nick, I don't know if that was happening, mm-hmm. or whether or not it's just because they, uh, as a team, just came to a decision because yeah. I physically wasn't available, um, and kind of gave them a bit of space to kind of control their own work, which, yeah, that might, might be a good thing, and it may be that we've just fallen into old habits when I come back, uh, because, you know, Tom's around to check, yeah. whereas otherwise it just wouldn't wouldn't be there. Um, so yeah, so I'm not, not sure, uh, but certainly I, I definitely miss the... The having a bit more control. There's certain things I decided I like wanted to do, and I wanted to spend, say, you know, half an hour a day checking the agenda forms and answer some questions on those. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I've come back and I'm so rammed that I don't like ever get a chance to because there's always yeah. something else to do. And I don't know if that's just just been one of those things, but my gut feeling is it just yeah, it is a little bit different. I can certainly see why you know we've come across some people in the agenda community that have moved to the US, like you know, for more than one reason. But one of the big benefits is kind of support and. The time difference means that, you know, when they're trying to do that in the UK and they've got a lot of American customers, that means they're very often getting emails like late into the evening. Whereas in the U- yeah. US, you can actually, um, you know, create your own lifestyle because people switch off. Um, yeah. And I don't know, it's, there's two sides of the coin. There's one in terms of controlling your own life, but we're also humans and we're not, not very good at controlling our <laughs> lives so, or controlling our emotions. And so checking an email is just way too easy if there's, there's stuff to read. We love seeing it, yeah. like finding out new stuff. It's like that rush when you see something new coming. You're like, so do you have your email shut down all day? Or yeah. You? I started using, um, what's it called? What's that called? Um, focus? Yeah, Focus. Which, because I did find that I was sort of doing that where yeah. I would just in between like just thinking about like I just read some code and I was thinking about so what I was doing next and I just my fingers would just like randomly just like do like type command space <laughs> type start typing spark and press enter and just like as it was just loading there and then I was automatically like close it down if I didn't see anything yeah and I was just doing that in between like like just normal yeah. working yeah I did that on my phone because I'm I'm browsing Reddit and I'll go oh, I'll do something else and I hit the home button and then I just press Reddit again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I got I got 
got this app and um, it then made it more obvious, like how obviously how much yeah how much I actually do it. Um, Me too. I've done the same thing. I used to just use like uh, etc hosts and block like domains because mm-hmm. I would I would uh, you know add Facebook like Twitter and Reddit and BBC News. Yeah, and those are ones that I would you know if something was going to take twenty seconds on the command line. That's like in this day and age it's really hard to sit there for 20 seconds and wait for it yeah. um, but it's really bad kind of just having the oh I appear to have done a new tab and typed like TWI press down and press enter and without even thinking about it I'm on Twitter again yeah. Um, so yeah the, the kind of having this roadblock was was good like I kind of for a time just replaced one site with another it's like oh I know I haven't blocked this site yet oh I can go to that one then you gradually learn yeah. and then I like oh now I block product on as well but the focus app was good because it's it's got a whole load of rules built mm-hmm. in both apps and websites yeah. so you can't some of them are a bit frustrating but for the most part they're, they're good yeah. and that was I had admittedly haven't bought it after the trial, so I've kind of gone back a bit. But I think it was pretty decently priced, so I do need to um, uh, yeah, go it, for it. I think it is. Yeah, I didn't think it was anything crazy expensive. Yeah, it's the notifications when you like stop and you start guilt tripping you. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, you stop focusing after thirty four seconds. Oh, it's not so <laughs> focused as in setup. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you should get set up, mate. Tell, tell me more. I'm, I wasn't like convinced just then about um, apps I didn't recognize, but I think. Set up monthly subscription and you get access to a library of maybe like 40 Mac apps or something. Yeah, it keeps growing. Like I've had it for. Yeah, I saw three notifications this week, I think, of like new, yeah. new apps added. I don't know doesn't help with the focus, but. Yeah. <laughs> I saw iStat menus was in there, that's everybody. Like, yeah. Hand in terms of like quite a few of these things I'd already bought, but yeah, they released new versions which I need to upgrade to, like iStat, but. Yeah, like I stuck clean my Mac is actually deceptively useful, I think. Right. Despite it appearing like some, you know, you get a for Windows and like mm-hmm. speed up your computer. For oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Clean my Mac. Yeah, 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 that was definitely my um, first opinion of it when I when I saw it, but it's actually really useful. Yeah. There are a bunch of useful, like um, the expressions one is quite good. Yeah. So, uh, Just like the developer tools. You haven't seen this? Developer tools that is categorized quite well. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I wouldn't use, but... Yeah, I like it because like if I'm looking, trying to work on a Mac app or something, it's quite quite nice to be able to like easily browse what people are sort of doing in terms of UI or like sort of functionality and stuff, and I can just basically, there's so many apps, I just like download them. Yeah. Some of them are like known from like really well-known developers as well, so you can yeah. sort of see like, yeah, they just drop in, yeah. have a play. Um, it's yeah, an interesting it's area. It's not something that you we've kind of come across as the software as a service, um, like in bulk. Like you subscribe to our library. You're used to it for now for uh, music and yeah. uh, and books and audio in general. Movies <laughs> and movies, yeah. So yeah, interesting area. Yeah, well, I wonder if the money. Yeah, yeah, because of like the, you're going to have out of those forty, it's going to be three that are you know yeah. the vast quantity of downloads. Are they like tracking the time I use an app per month and then divvying it up that way? Oh, yeah. Do you do you install like something like a setup app? Yeah, yeah. A, yeah exactly. Right. Okay. An installer for it, and then they go into the setup folder in your applications. Yeah, I don't okay. think I've ever seen them document how no. like, the money is spread between. A ten bucks a month is dirt cheap. Yeah, it is dirt cheap. Yeah, it is. I was actually going to disagree, but it is. Yeah, I mean, it depends what, like, especially the more apps they add, the more you use you get out of it. If you've got, you know, five or six, and that's already pretty decent. Yeah, well, even if you just play two of the big apps, they're going to be like 50, 60 quid each. So yeah. you've done like a year and a bit. I think yeah. my, my um, Mac has gone up to 50 quid now. Yeah. When I first saw it, I, maybe this is kind of the direction they're going, but when I first saw it, I thought it was a case of managing. Um, the apps you have on your computer. So if you've got a change device or you know need to mm. reinstall your laptop, you just kind of you know, install the button and it would get it set up like you would do as on a kind of corporate level. Yeah. But, I mean, people don't change their laptops that often, so it's not a great business yeah. model. I think it gives you two devices as well, so you can okay. have the license, your license that you're paying for. Are you meant to share that around the family? Or is it meant to be just your? Devices? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. Probably just for you. Yeah, be like I can see where they're like. I imagine they're eventually moving to like sort of doing business accounts where, like, yeah, like if you've got a company, you can buy like pay it for like twenty people, or whatever, and then everyone just sort of comes yeah. in and they get access to all the apps, you know, rather than having to. Yeah. So what's your um, uh, mail Mac app? Is that is that going to be in it? <laughs> I don't know yet. Like that, it's been like a side project which I've been working on for a while. 
but then I've just been so around like the last few months that I haven't been able to do a huge amount on it. Yeah. Um, my main question is why a mail app? Because, because my God, they're just that's so the like, dullest of the dull <laughs> things to work on. In my plus, opinion. you hate emails. You don't even like writing them. I think that's why I wanted to. I think that's why I started to make one because they're just so like bulky and slow and just shit. I was just like. What's, just, what's different about those? Or do you want to be just different? like very like bare features, like bears in good or bears in the <laughs> few? <laughs> bears in <laughs> few. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there's so much stuff that I just don't use, and I never. I, I find it really hard to change my workflow with emails. Um, like I'm not the one to do another swiping and archiving, or they kind of send it back to me in a day or thirty days. I'm, exactly. I use that. It's really good. Yeah, I just could never get around to it. Like, I'm amazing at ignoring emails. Well, yeah, that's, uh, I can imagine. Sorry, don't go prioritizing the calling to importance. Oh, no, I've, I've, I know you're good at ignoring emails. I've had emails from you a month later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, got, you got a reply, didn't you? <laughs> I did get a reply <laughs> at one time. Yeah, um, yeah the whole student thing seems to just be like, it's just torture to yourself. It's basically like waking up and pressing snooze on the alarm. It's like, oh, I've got no email. Like, yeah. just snooze like yesterday. That was one thing I didn't like about the iOS update. I don't know what, I can't even remember what it was before, but the snooze is the like biggest button on the alarm and the uh, stop is the, tw- the tiny little text at the bottom screen. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, easy to touch. My eyes are just about <laughs> open, going, trying, my fingers dangling, trying to get to the bottom screen. I've had like hour and 20 minute lines like over the past like week or so. And I wonder if it's because of the iOS update. <laughs> I just thought I was tired, <laughs> but maybe I could play an apple. Tim bloody cook. Yeah. I, have you ever wondered why? Because I think the snooze is like eight minutes long, isn't it? Like, yes, yeah, yeah, I really want to customize it. I, well, I've always wondered why eight minutes. Silence, mate, probably. Probably silence. Silence. I said silence. Probably silence. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> silence. So, no, no particular ideas for really. your, well, your mail app is just reducing features, reduce the features and. <sighs> just like super fast to like. And also, it'd be awesome just, it will just keyboard so I don't have to use the mouse at all. So, everything's just like. And is there anything special you're doing in terms of making it super fast? Because that's one of the challenges with mails, the amount of um, data you've got there to manage and be able to index and search and what have you. Um, nothing super, no, no, this is super early, like, I've literally got, showing my emails. Like, I can connect to my Gmail account, I yeah. show my emails, and you can, like, read the emails and sort of, like, choose you, like, thread, like, all the emails with part of the thread. Um, and next bit will be to, like, be able to, like, reply or write an email. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's, actually, it's actually a great email. Actually. Yeah, there's no, like, there's no writing on emails. This is all just a, this is a reading email app. Yeah. You're using the Google APIs or you're using yeah. TV? Just Google APIs. I've heard Twitter described as a, it should be a write only service. So I just think that's the same for email. Just be able to send stuff but not consume <laughs> everybody else. I don't care what everyone else wants to know. <laughs> and what's your side project been recently, Nick? Um, Recently, it's been forecast with a guy called Red. Oh yeah, what's he like? Yeah, he's easy to work with, or uh, yeah, he's alright. <laughs> um, the idea being that small businesses and freelancers use these like accounting software um, that's typically like really quite complicated. I think Free Agent is an example of one that's not complicated, but yeah. it still doesn't surface the kind of information that you typically need um, or the information that you find interesting about accounting like uh, runway, like how many days you got left until you have to, as I put it, get a real job. Yeah. Um, like even things like how much corporation tax and VAT you currently owe and what your current asset position is in terms of you know, cash in the bank versus uh, cash in the bank plus outstanding invoices minus things you actually owe. Um, that's not very easy to find in free agent or if the number is easy to find, like today's current position isn't. So yeah, the idea is a simple app that digest that information and shows it to you. Yeah, just having a status. I mean, I've got two backlogs set up on everything, so just having something you can quickly check to know how you're doing. Yeah. Like, like the get or dashboard for your business is yeah. just another way of just, you know, exactly, yeah. 30 seconds at the beginning of the day going, okay, what state am I in? What should be my priority today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think it would be, it'd be bad to check in runway every day, but certainly, like, just when you want an update, like, you, you think things are going well or things aren't going so well, just have a look and say, oh, wow, we've got three months left. Yeah. Um, and is the goal for it to be a one-pager? 
Like then because it's, you know, it's pretty much. You kind of don't want to create another like financial system. It sounds no. like, like it. You just want to That's, have. Yeah. One of the priorities of it is you have get up to your free agent account and then you're done. Like yeah. then it becomes read only for you. Yeah. Um, and you don't need to do any. Yeah. Anymore. We've got a feature you, like it sends an email every like Monday morning. So in theory, you shouldn't really have to even yeah up if you don't want yeah. to. Like you'll just get your email. Just be like, okay, got four months. Wonderful. Kind of like the free agent Monday motivator. Yeah. You know, yeah. Where they say you know, these invoices are due, they, oh, these right. bills are due. Yeah. So I think the, the only other feature we're adding to it is like valuable clients, so you can see who's important essentially, yeah. and maybe have a warning if they get over like forty percent of your um, total revenue for X months, just so yeah. you can diversify a bit and protect yourself that way. But yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, because I was like yeah. the other day I was trying to work out. Which of my clients have like since January, like which have produced the most amount of money, really? Yeah, it was like such a pain in the ass to try and find out. I had to like open each single contact and then think I had to go and see the invoices and then show the total there. Yeah. But it wasn't like, yeah, yeah, we did the similar thing maybe a year or two ago where yeah. it's, well, it's thousands of invoices, yeah, so like, yeah, there is like days you, you can get out, but it's essentially you know, it's not necessarily, yeah, it feels very clinical. But yeah, the fact of the matter is, is that the Proteus principle where you know, 80 20, yeah. 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of the other clients, and you want to keep a few others to make sure that you're not too reliant on, on a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you can start seeing all the people that actually don't make much of a difference to your bottom line, but actually are, you know, might be quite stressful, they take a lot yeah. of your time, or just not the kind of client that you want to be working with, and being a bit more ruthless and saying, mm-hmm. okay, let's focus here. And that's something we did, and I'm not sure, you know, I'm sure sometimes it, that process will go well, sometimes it will go not so well. That The first time we did it, it went yeah, pretty well. We had some people that were upset, and we learned uh, how to kind of go through that process mm-hmm. a bit better. Yeah. Um, but we did create some space for ourselves, which was very quickly consumed by those like high-performing clients or well-paying clients. Yeah, well, that's because they can quite easily expand to yeah. the, you know, to cover those smaller clients yeah. rather than you having to like, and then you don't have to project swap as well, which is obviously much better. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Exactly. We've got some beta testers who want to play with it and stuff. Yeah. so hopefully send it out maybe like next week or so. Is it going to be just like a dollar amount subscription per month? Or um, yeah, this? so we're gonna like need to hook it up with Stripe and stuff. Oh my god, this is the state of subscription management services on the internet. <laughs> so we tried, because like, Stripe is all well and good, but you basically have to write a lot of boilerplate code sort of stuff mm. to do that, so. Like handle the workbooks and yeah. basic API stuff. Yeah. And there's some Rails gems, I say for some, I think there's one main one, but the documentation for that is like, really shit. And depending on where you look, the documentation, I guess it's changed over a while. That yeah. It's either wrong or, or what. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just kind of like everything's sort of hidden and stuff. So we tried, um, so I've used Paddle before in another, in another Mac app, which worked perfectly well in that because it had like all the SDK and stuff and it worked what pretty nicely. Stand Stand mm. up. <laughs> stand up. That's why you call it stand up. Because yeah. it's like stand up. I guess so. Red's <laughs> not that clever. You have to ask Hector about that one. Yeah. Um, no, it was. Uh, what was it? Oh, no, because I, I made a, a Mac app for that like, you used your scroll wheel to scroll the oh, yeah. simulator. And like, um, we're looking at using Paddle for for quids. So I figured, well, I might as well just experiment and put it in, in yeah. this and sort of see how, how easy it sort of goes in. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, Integration is fine, and basic subscription and billing is fine, but right. when you, from the documentation at least, um, when you want to do things like work out how long people have got left on their trial and stuff, it's just not there. Right. Um, yeah, because yeah. like, obviously you want to show that on the web page, like you've yeah. got uh, two days left, or also an email, or send them an email and say you've only got, tomorrow you're gonna, it's going to expire. So the next thing is to build a subscription service. That's what you, what's, what you end up doing. That's what I said to me. Well, I, I don't mind using... I'm going to go back to Stripe now. Have we, like, I just said... Like, I don't care, but for me. <laughs> like, because I, I, I build, like, not all the time, but I build, like, web apps that I want subscriptions on. So I'm kind of over the whole yeah. build it for free thing. It was something as easy as possible to plug in. Yes. As we know, and that's why, you know, Laravel and Spark have done so well, is because I don't want to 
kind of do all this kind of boring stuff. I just yeah. want to focus on the bit of business that is interesting and be able to kind of get a little bit of money back from it rather and there's than legit, time every time. Yeah, there's, there's no reason why that can't just be a React component that I stick in the app now. Like, that does the billing center for me and, like, True. update your card, I'll show your invoices, all that stuff. Like, I don't know. There's, there's, the only time you want to roll your own is if you're Netflix and you want, like, control of the entire process, whereas I really don't. I just want cash every month. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want people to don't minimize customer support by people getting their own invoices and yeah. all so that has anyone looked into the it's like different from subscriptions, but the Stripe elements thing that they yeah, used? Yeah, the last weekend, I think. They're just kind of like web components that have like credit card forms all kind of designed and work nicely, or how does it <laughs> work? I literally saw the announcement, but didn't click the didn't click the link on the hold my hand up. I don't. What do I do with it? I put it on the page. I rendered it, and then I realised that actually I don't need this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I can't answer your question. I'm not sure. Um, like that's, that's an example like I don't need that level of control on my subscription money yeah. thing I just want I like the Stripe checkout model that pops up is enough for me yeah. people recognise it now and so mm-hmm. yeah it gets some security to it as well that's why like there's certain yeah. things that, especially when you're working on very small projects it's like the Twitter bootstrap yeah everyone knows Twitter bootstrap but yeah. it, you kind of look past it just because it's you know it's working and it's nice looking it's yeah, you know, it, it won't get you very, very far in terms of um, creating like a brand or anything, but yeah. it gets the job done. And because the market's consistent, you can just buy themes for like Bootstrap. Yeah, uh, yeah, which gets back into us quite a long way. It does indeed. But yeah, I have Stripe elements. I, I definitely would use it um, if I needed to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Stripe would be my my payment provider of choice for sure, just for the developer experience. Um, well, Braintree yeah, Braintree is a like, good competitor. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, not as fashionable, but yeah, it doesn't. It hasn't uh, the the association that it has now with PayPal. I think PayPal owned it, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, that that does a lot for it. I think. Yeah, good um, and bad, possibly, but yeah, yeah, legitimizes it a little. Yeah, is your go-to payment provider? Because that's the sort of pub conversation we have. It's <laughs> <laughs> strike. It's yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just so easy to get up and running. Yeah, and like when you say the the JS thing that comes up, and just typing yeah, like I use that for the football website. Like, it's yeah. just I noticed. Um, so I signed up to Nutmeg Hub, um, like the stocks and shares. I I said um, signed up to that yesterday, and they take they use the Stripe form thing to <laughs> take your initial first like five hundred. Yeah, I I use them for pension and, and like investing. Yeah. But they're, they're really good. They're Again, it looks nice. looks nice. It's a bit more modern rather than yeah, yeah. other investing or pension sites, which is yeah, exactly. notoriously horrible to use. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Or yeah. you just don't have like mine's a person for my pension. Like there's no. I think there is a web login, but I'm sure it's horrible. So yeah, yeah. The Nutmeg app is pretty good as well. Just for kind of keeping. Yeah, I've seen on. seen. He's shown me. It's it's really nice. So yeah, I thought I'd set up the stocks and shares I soon. See how that goes? Because yeah, I was using what's that app called that used to take the top of your change of Moneybox. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was using Moneybox, but that, that was horrible. So I tried to like cancel that. Yeah. And so I stopped all my like payments going in. And then to cancel, you have to export your money out. And so I did that. And then you can't go then press cancel, like cancel your account straight away. You have to wait for all the money yeah. to come out. So all the money comes out. And then next, so you go open the app up and you go on cancel. And like, oh, you just got to export all your money out. And so you go and look how much money in there. It's like 18p. And I don't know if it's like from previous investments yeah. where it's just like, oh, okay. It's slowly catching up. So I literally had to do this three or four times. And I was sending myself, <laughs> like, getting them sending me, like, pennies at a time. And having to request it each time. Yeah, right. and then they have to wait and they have to go back to yeah. delete your account. Um, I've had a similar problem, like I, I think it was uh, Growth Street or something, one of the sort of investment um, like websites online, yeah. they, they might do bridge lending or some sort of lending and you make a little bit of money um, per, per month, per 90 days, and did the same thing, right? There's some things that because they're lo- your money is locked up, you yep. can withdraw your funds, but you know you'd have to share back after ninety days because you've probably got some some left over. But yeah, I think Moneybox, given that it's more consumer oriented, that's going to be a bit a lot more confusing. Um, yeah. um, and I think it's good. Like it's one of those challenges with when it comes to encouraging and supporting like regular saving. I think that there is yeah, a lot to be done there. I think that that's 
uh, that's good. Um, you also, you'd be very aware of your aware of your market, but yeah, they don't want to have to think about it. Um, yeah. And you don't you don't want from an ethical point of view, just kind of even if it's eighteen p, you don't want money left in in it like the end of a gift card or something like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. like planning that sprint or the work on an app, you're not going to be, the business isn't going to be prioritizing the cancellation of it. No, no. Like, no. it works. Yeah. And did you kind of, for that, my box, did you notice like how well you'd done in terms of the money that you had? Had you invested more than you would have done? Had it like actually had a good return with the amount that you'd invested? Um, so, so it had multiple options for investing. So I just did the standard one, which is sort of what they tend to sell it on. So. It hooks into your like bank feeds for your certain accounts, and then let's say you spend I don't know sixty p on a chocolate bar, it'll then round it up to pounds. So it'll take forty p, I think, and then okay. pop that in. And that's automatic on every purchase that it sees in your yes. bank account. Yeah, yeah, they'll do it like every week or month. So okay. yeah, so exactly. the idea is that you continuously investing, I guess. And like the app was quite bad. Yeah, the app was quite bad. Like it had I can't remember it's telling me how much I'd actually put in, and sort of like. Don't know how much what I've actually got, but I do remember seeing like it being plus and stuff. So it was yeah. definitely in the yeah. positive. Um, that was good. Sounds but it was doing like yeah when we had it because me and then I think Cliff and Pete had it as well, and Hector sort of like yeah whenever Trump spoke it sort of like dropped yeah, down. Like, it was all during the Brexit stuff, so like yeah. whenever whenever May spoke it like dropped down and it was start to come back up like because it, it was like I think. Like we chosen the most like well, risky well, one, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it happens like I've been the same with Nutmeg and same sort of idea in terms of uh, the volatility with I went into Bitcoin and a few other coins, the July, August time it's just like I was making sort of, you know, I was up thirty percent like in two weeks. And then, <laughs> Stick my pension in it. Yeah. And then, and then uh, yeah, I've not looked at it for the last month because it went down so much. <laughs> I didn't want to look at I was looking at it day to day and then now I just sort of, yeah, completely ignore that I did it. Just just take it as that, you know, that bit of money that I've written off. But you know, I think yeah. it's pretty much back where it was. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's doing okay. Um, I think I did the kind of the top three of uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum and, and Litecoin and then I think I mentioned to you I did a little bit of day trading to kind of experiment with other coins, get my money back out and then just leave it like very, very small amounts because it was just an experiment, just leaving very small amounts in other coins um, and you know, if they do kind of grow by a thousand times then the little bit of money will be paid for a curry, probably, yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah, I've got a few like other just tiny things, just... Yeah, nice to be involved in, like just just in case. Um, it's, yeah. Some of it, like, I, obviously it's risky, like, but... No, I don't, it doesn't. Bitcoin being around for what well, the idea being around for over ten years now, it feels you know, less so. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to move so quickly. It's going to die so quickly. That you can't kind of yeah. recover some of. Uh, all, you, yeah, you described it quite well to me. Like you see, it's like the gold for like sort of cryptocurrencies in a way. Like yeah. it's sort of like a good. Like whenever, because you you discuss the price of iota or something, and it's yeah. always you know the exchange rate is to Bitcoin. Yeah. Like all the time. And that to me makes, yeah, as I was in red, like, it's like the gold standard of cryptocurrency, the way I see it at least. And people will always come back to it. Um, and I think people will always base the value of the entire rest of the ecosystem on it. Um, yeah, I wonder like, how long that lasts for. It will always have the first move of an advantage. Um, obviously, way ahead of all the others at the moment. But given, you know, in terms of valuation, like, the amount of Kind of money in Bitcoin versus Ethereum, like those that that as a single alternative has caught up an awful lot in a very short space of time. Yeah. What is it? Just like a couple of years, like if 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 that, um, and it's not you know, yeah, it's not um, too far off of what Bitcoin's done in in Bitcoin. Yeah. I see, and um, yeah, I remember why we were discussing it now, and we were talking about the speed of verifying transactions and stuff, and like the gold conversation came up because like I wouldn't pay for a coffee in bullion, you know. Yeah. And if I wanted to, it would take days for me to organise. And so, yeah. like, that was the paradigm I think I was trying to draw was yeah. the fact that you might have faster cryptocurrencies that. Yeah, I was thinking about it recently. It would be, I think I've actually seen a couple, I think obviously there's been so many ICOs, but I've seen a couple where they've actually been connected to the debit cards. So, like, that would be nice is to be able to actually yeah. 
send and receive because then it completely cuts out the payment gateway. Mm-hmm. And many people see the reduction in kind of middlemen as a great thing, which I do agree with, certainly for the speed of money. And in general, from what I've been reading, I read a book recently by Robin Moore called Money, and in general, the faster money moves, kind of the better. And that's why kind of quantitative easing and things like that, trying to support the economy because the more, the more money is moving around, mm-hmm. the better things in, in general go. Um, and so because transactions happen so quickly, um, with Bitcoin because you're cutting out and cryptocurrencies in general because you're cutting out the middleman um, that's a great thing I think there is something that people aren't really talking about at the moment which is the protection that credit cards and middleman company get yeah. the fact like they're saying cryptocurrencies are great because you get to um, you know you remove the chargeback problem and re- remove fraud um, but that's actually like a, a valuable asset from a consumer point of view yeah. of having the protection there like we will use a credit card because you know, if we have a problem with this company, we know that we can get our money back and there's that protection, which yeah. I don't see people doing just yet in crypto. No, that's exactly what we spoke about yesterday, wasn't it? Like, if Coinbase gets hacked and all my Bitcoin gets taken, are they going to be like, okay, that's fine, here, have it back? Yeah. And, um, I get to continue my life or is it, that's gone forever now? But like in a bank, if like my credit card gets stolen and someone uses it for like thousand pounds or whatever, um, the bank one it'll get flagged as fraud before they even spend it true yeah um, and two yeah they probably cover it all because that's part of your yeah yeah. and as yeah, I understand it like even though decentralisation is the the kind of most advertised um, benefit of cryptocurrencies um, it's actually not that and it's more the, the truth, side, truth side of it and so the fact that well not necessarily truth it's not even the cryptocurrency the big blockchain is the truth it's more the case of this definitely happened and everyone agrees regardless of whether or not it was right or not we just, mm. we just know it hasn't been changed and we know that um, it was was kind of created um, yeah. and authentically um, whereas certainly my experience from the different cryptocurrencies it's decentralised but storage still isn't like as cheap that I can run like a um, you know a a copy of the Bitcoin like blockchain on my, my MacBook or, yeah. it's just not not practical for me let alone everybody else um, so there's always going to be a middleman. Yeah, so we're not really using it in decentralized. Yes, we can have more. And one of the challenges is like Coinbase and other other people is trusting those people and making sure they have the same level of protection on our money as banks would have. And that's one of the things that we know in previous, like previously in previous uh, exchanges that's been a challenge uh, and a problem. Um, so I think that's something, an area that we need to look to develop. But I also don't think it's practical right now um, and not in the short medium term that we're all actually going to you know have localized copies of of the blockchain uh, and it's more the fact that it's just yeah quicker and we can cut out some level of middleman middle yeah that's but if I, if I had 50 grand now in cash I definitely don't then I wouldn't keep it in my house like I would trust the bank with it because yeah it's convenient for it to be there because I can use like their services like their debit cards or whatever um and it's safer yeah, but I the, think that's the, the, one of the difference between banks and the blockchain, though, is that banks don't necessarily have like all of the money because they don't have it. They don't have all of their like takings and from savings accounts or current accounts. They yeah. don't have them all available because they've invested them and they're trying to make some money out of them. So that you, you know, if all of their customers um, kind of wanted their money all at one time, they would collapse. Whereas with blockchain, they're not those decentralized you know, coin bases or whatever. They're they're not doing anything else with our with our money. It's just sitting there. Well, no, they could though. Yeah, that's all because right. that was the big issue. I think empty clocks, wasn't it? Yeah. So I don't know the full story, but I believe they were like a. Sometimes they got hacked, so people were stealing like people was like money. Yeah. But then they were basically so what they sort of showed is what they owed to people when you logged into a service. They didn't actually have that money in the oh, bank. Oh really? I didn't know. And yeah, just um. Put it in the show notes. But there's, <laughs> there's a there's a the good video of the guy who did all the because when they got the, I think there was a, like a big hack towards the end of its like end of its life like um, this guy and a team sort of like tracked all the transactions and I believe they actually found someone who was involved in the the big hack but um, yeah he basically talked about the basically it was just a disaster to begin with and he had a graph of like money that people had in inside the exchange and then actually the amount of money that the exchange had right and most of the time it wasn't actually anywhere near what people 
thought they had in there. So what can they do with the money? They, they were just kind of converting it? Or so that's, that's it I can't remember. So I know, that, yeah, I know like a lot of it was like sort of just like taken. Um, <laughs> just spent. <laughs> yeah. But I, I can't remember if they were like investing it investing it or anything like that um, yeah. yeah the video like he does a really good job at explaining like because he basically does a timeline of the disaster um, yeah. and yeah it's you look you look you're watching it you say like, wow no it's just time for I mean I know that's this is why people like cryptocurrencies but the, the fact of it is it's the time for legislation to catch up because it will it will be legislated uh, yes well the guy who was running this was just like to joke and so that's I guess that's what yeah you are putting a lot of faith in these places that yeah. you don't know too much about and yeah there, there's no like legislation or anything like that it's a bit like hey you know like Monzo need to have so much money in the bank or whatever to protect its, yeah. um, its yeah. customers from fraud and stuff but um, these places don't don't really they can do whatever they want really yeah um, when you see like rugby players tweeting about the fact that they've seen the Netflix documentary and now they're going to go and buy Bitcoin it's like <laughs> okay it's past the developer stage now oh very much so like I've had friends from like, friends from school that are very much not in the tech world yeah talking to me about Bitcoin and that's yeah that's what I know yeah and they don't like not that you need to understand it but you need to understand why it isn't like money and why you're not protected in the same way yeah as with credit cards and stuff so yeah it's an interesting area yeah Terry May, get on it. Pass some legislation on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terry May. Theresa May. Oh. Prime Minister. Terry. Terry. Yeah, they're on first name. That's the name name terms. Yeah. Terry. Um, what should you call you? Nick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nicky J. Nicky J. Bitcoin. Hold on for dear life, isn't it? Hodling. Isn't that the, the acronym people use? I don't know, I don't know why. I, I, it's one of those things where I very much feel on the outside of the circle. It's just like a misspelling of hold. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Memes be memes. I think the first time I saw that was on, is it Richard from Balance? Is oh, that, that is also why I first saw it. blog post. Yeah. I think his, it had a, like a link attached to it and sort of explained where it originally came from. Yeah, it's like Reddit, right? Yeah. 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 Very much everyone's strategy of cryptocurrency investing at the moment is like buy some and don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's, in general, that's how you invest with anything. Yeah, it's buy whatever you're going to invest in and then don't touch it. Why people fail is that they touch it like before the five years are out or whatever. Yeah, um, and that's kind of what you're going for. And we can you can make some money at the moment just because of um, you know, Bitcoin still going up so quickly, but long term that's not going to be you know a viable business model for investing. It's, yeah. Got to get some usage out of it. You know, if, if if everyone is only buying Bitcoin to invest, then it will be worth less because it's got to happen some transactional value. Yeah. And we're still we're still not there. You know, yes, there's some gimmicky pay with Bitcoin um, shops and even online stores, but it's still like then you're you're a fucking clown if you're spending your Bitcoin on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so at what point is, it, is that that balances if if um, if it slows down in terms of how how much it's worth that's when people might actually spend it and let's just use it as a thing and that's where the value comes from it. if everyone is in it just for investing then um, I don't know I don't know how long that would go on for before the, like kind of the bubble hits and you've got to actually then spend it um, yeah it's a good point yeah like because I think it felt like Stripe sort of jumped on the bandwagon where they enabled Bitcoin support oh did they? But only for the US because I was going to enable it for the Google website where people could pay me Bitcoin. Yeah. And yeah, so I turned the flag on, but then it was basically like this is ironic that the, the kind of cross border currency isn't available now yeah. to the US. Yeah. It's a little bit broken. Yeah. And they don't, that was a long time ago. They don't seem to have done anything with it yet. So I guess it was just uh, maybe Bitcoin's becoming the, it was just a buzzword. Yeah, buzzword. And they were like for another PR or Yeah. Oh, look, we now support Bitcoin. And then, yeah, years later, just still US only. Yeah. Cool. So. I think I do think it's um, the, there's there are a few other like um, currencies that are interesting. I, I like the, the fact that the Ethereum is like programmable. It's a during complete machine. You can create your smart contracts, and I think that has like the capacity to do great things. I like how there are some projects that they use coins as a way of financially incentivizing um, those to kind of build on the platform yeah. um, and get value out of it. So, you know, people talk about it from open source projects where uh, like, how do we pay someone or how do people get value out of mm -hmm. um, a pull request? Like, and actually 
Um, was it, I forget the, the name of the coin, but... Was it Gitcoin? Git, Git Gitcoin? I'm not... I haven't heard of that one. There was another one I heard in terms of validating, like, if people... Uh, wanted to improve the protocol itself. Yeah, um, they could give. Um, they would dilute the coin and give some to the person that submitted the pull request, so that they get value out of. Yeah, um, it, and so people were incentivized to create value in the network um, because then they'll get a percentage of the overall growth of the network. Um, so if I do a pull request to Ethereum and increase the value of all Ethereum by twenty percent because I've made I've scaled it so it can uh, process faster, then I. Sh- I've created a lot of value there. I shouldn't just be paid something that's like you know close to a daily rate. I should be, um, you know, re- I should be recognised for the amount of value that I created. And so that was that's an interesting idea that we've not come across. Mm. Um, I think I think Dogecoin originally started as I think it was like as a firstly well, it was a joke, but then it was used in like sort of Reddit as well to like if someone says something funny, you would like tip them yeah. in Doge. Yeah. yeah, which was pretty funny. Yeah, but there's yeah. There's a great uh, YouTube channel by a guy called David Hay. It's pretty hilarious, but he um, basically explains like there's a lot of like, explanation videos about different like coins and um, yeah, like the mining and stuff like that. And he would like it'd be like 20 minutes of just like explaining a certain like currency and sort of going from like why it is, um, its main benefits, its downfalls. Um, he does a lot of interesting things where he does like. Uh, which like currencies would he invest in now which are all like under a dollar and then six months later he'll go back and revisit and sort of see oh, how they're doing see what he did yeah exactly and um, is he doing well? yeah I, so yeah I, is it possible to not do well? he hasn't uploaded to YouTube for a while right? <laughs> <laughs> on the beach yeah he's <laughs> just um, chilling with Cuban cigars but, yeah I, with his coin. yeah because I, I don't really know what his main like job is or anything but he seems to know what that cryptocurrencies um, so I guess he's consulted in that or something but good video so definitely recommend cool is it like a self-fulfilling prophecy you think where you've like everyone should buy this coin because in six months it'll be massive and then everyone goes and buy it goes and buys <laughs> well, it well so I feel like so interesting like do you know like Coinbase I guess is a lot of people see as like the, one of the main sort of exchanges mm. and so they can only only support three coins mm. Like the exchanges themselves, once they've got so many users, they actually hold quite a lot of power in terms of like putting a currency sort of on the map and like sort of raising the price. Yeah. Well, that um, kind of happened with Bitcoin Cash, and it when Coinbase weren't gonna support hmm. it at all. Yeah. And so like, oh hang on, this actually took off. Yeah. yeah. So they have they they tried to put, kind of put their weight into yeah. that, but it didn't quite work for that particular mm. decision. But in general that's true. But yeah, like if they were to introduce a new coin, like say they now support like Monero and like Everyone inside the company is about to support it. Let's just buy a load. Yeah, support it, and now suddenly all these people have easy access to buying. It's kind of, it's kind of like insider training at that point. Basically, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and uh, there you go. So Terry May does need to get a, <laughs> a shift on. One of the other, other big challenges in in that is like, what was it? Some uh, minute percentage of uh, American tax returns that actually uh, 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 submitted that they'd made some money off of a cryptocurrency. There's such a small percent of them. So now, because with Bitcoin, everything is, is public. It's a public ledger, even mm-hmm. if it's somewhat anonymized. Yeah. Um, with some intelligent machine learning, you can start, sure. they can start trying to track it back. So if they can see where you've used it um, and try and kind of yeah, re-identify people um, um, because people aren't uh, tracking it on their, their tax returns. Also, think about the empty Gox bust and the the, the steal, uh, the stolen Bitcoin from there. Is yeah. that uh, maybe I just don't understand the protocol enough? But it's it's a public protocol. Protocol. You can see where money came from and went. As in, yeah. you can see the transactions. So no matter how many times you try and launder it, like splitting it up and bringing it back together, whatever. Given enough time, um, yeah, like everything is out in the public because everything is um, duplicated. Yeah, so, so what's, what's, the fuck, what's the fucking point in stealing Bitcoin at all? Well, I guess like you have to. I don't know. I don't know. At yeah. some point, you convert it out of it, and then it becomes a bit more trace, uh, untraceable. That's why people want to get rid of yeah. cash because you know, cash is where uh, is the the work is used for more nefarious transactions. Yes. Whereas Bitcoin, yeah, you 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 can maybe take. Um, advantage of the fact that there's so much out there that's pretty poorly protected right now. Um, the Cayman Islands or something. Yeah, and then just yeah, then you just need to find one place that will let you convert it, and then you you're like a leaf on the wind. Yeah.
Not that I'm planning on it. But, but that, yeah. But things, yeah. I wonder if a lot of you are even sort of bothered, like, from what I saw this, this video of the 70 box stuff is, is literally this guy and I don't think they were like even hired by like FBI or whatever to do it. I think they just decided to do it. Yeah. Like sort of chase it. Um, That's where you ought to go Zcash, mate. It's private. <laughs> it's an interesting challenge. There, there is another good, um, I forget who it was now, um, another good podcast on it, just kind of how they created it that it, you, you can create the private um, blockchain where like everything about it is encrypted um, and you just validate to a certain extent um, and you can yeah there's algorithms that allow you to validate that code without actually understanding or knowing what's behind it yeah. um, but the challenge with the entire thing is that there has to be like a, um, a set of shared like random numbers at the very beginning and should they ever leak then the whole thing is broken and so there was this process whereby they created this set of random numbers by you know four groups or so many groups around the world yeah. you know um uh having kind so of th- burner thing. burner laptops um and it's very interesting to listen to because they got you know, incredibly paranoid but you know, reasonably so because at one point they got some feedback with their google hangout they were having and somehow somebody's phone was like acting as a microphone and it just got very interesting and spooky about what the hell was going on but yeah it's interesting that it, having the encrypted like currency so your transactions because I don't think the general public are going to be very happy with uh, I know although privacy is not necessarily on the top of their minds so maybe I'm not the best person to say but I, I wonder how many people actually know about Bitcoin know that everything is essentially public even if it's not your name on it yeah and, and so whether or not a one of the alternatives or a fork of Bitcoin that actually privatizes it is um, more needed. Don't say cash stuff is interesting because encryption is just a race against CPU, right? Yeah. And so it, yeah, I guess you can hypothesize that in like 50 years or 100 years, you'll be able to break that encryption. Uh, and so yeah, there'll be a time, like I guess, when, you know, quantum yeah, computers, yeah, exactly. that, that, And so it's only going to be secret for... You can't assume it's going to be secret forever because no. it's just maths. And then I don't know the challenge at the moment. Encryption is all based around prime numbers. Is there going to be an alternative? I'm not hot enough on maths to know when we've got quantum computers can then find those the prime numbers much quicker because it can do so much in parallel. Yeah. But is there going to be another form of maths that we can use that uh, means that even with quantum computers, there's we can make use of like yeah. uh, more maybe bigger ones and grow the as yeah. fast as quantum computers can do. And that is a wrap. Episode one is done. We finished it. You finished it. Ah, oh, perfect. So if you want to give us a review, I'm sure I, this will be up on iTunes for you to do so. If you want to get in touch with us directly, my name is Bobby Shaw on Twitter, and you also have Nick J 89 and Red Davis. So thanks very much. Until next time.